Now back to the show. Chicago's College Tailgate has it all with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. It's Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000. Tyler Rocky, Shay Norling. Talking college football with you. It's been fun every single Saturday. This is the last show for a little bit. We're going to go on a little hiatus, take a few bye weeks, and then we will be back the Saturday before the college football playoff, the semifinals, which we'll preview here in just a second, and then also before the national championship game. So we still have a few more episodes left, but we do have uh, we do have a little bit of a break coming up here, and we thank our friends at Twin Peaks for sponsoring the show all season long. All right, let's dive into the matchup. I think the the big matchup that people are most intrigued by is Michigan and Alabama, and this yep. is interesting because I think you look at the beginning of the season and the way that people probably felt at the midway point, you had one team that people were uneasy about with quarterback problems and another team that was a complete wagon and no quarterback problems, and we've gotten now to the playoff, and the shoes feel like they're almost on the other foot for both of these teams. Now, J.J. McCarthy was fantastic in the Ohio State game, made some really big-time throws, but we saw when he played real teams over the final, what, four weeks, wasn't like he was all that throwing the football, including in that Penn State game where he was only asked to throw the ball eight times. Mm -hmm. Kind of a big thing. Now, we did see Jim Harbaugh back on the sidelines for the Big Ten Championship, don't really think it made that big of a difference I never on or off. Um, but that's always one of the things that people were talking about. Now, when you look at Al- on the Alabama side of things, the development and the emergence of Jalen Milrow this season has been one of the, I feel like, more underlying stories, but a very important one into getting Alabama. It's, it's honestly the reason why Alabama's in the playoff. Like, let's call it what it is. That's probably the reason they're in the playoff. Because Jalen Milrow established himself as a legitimate quarterback over the course of the season. We saw the lows yeah. from early on in the year when they were really struggling. And then we saw him flip a switch pretty much from that Ole Miss game on. And he's been a totally different dude. He got benched yeah, early in the year. The USF game. Benched. And now he's back and he's led him to the playoff. And... Tyler, I think you're dead on about the way the shoe has been put on the other foot, and now Michigan's the team. That's on you. J.J. McCarthy's bad. He kind of just is what he is. Like, we keep saying he was fantastic against Ohio State. Okay, he made some really good throws. He's 16-20 for, like, 140 yards. It's, it's just a good completion percentage, but you're right. Like, the some of it's very simple and, and small stuff that he does. My point is I, they've made him a game manager. Mm-hmm. And I'm not telling you it's wrong. I think it puts them in the best position to win football games when you're not living and dying on the arm of J.J. McCarthy. Here's the problem. And I don't know how much of it was they were powered down and not really trying. But when I go look at the box scores from the Big Ten title game, which was a bore to watch, mm-hmm. why on earth did Michigan average a full yard less per carry on the ground? than Michigan State did against Iowa. How is that possible? And Michigan's ground game hasn't been some wagon. It's been underwhelming all season. You lose an NFL-caliber offensive lineman, too, with Zach Zinter getting hurt in the Ohio State game. That's a big injury. Yeah. 
And I just, I look at this and go, it's already been underwhelming. Zinter's now out. You can't really run the ball. And Alabama just held Georgia to two and a half yards per carry in an SEC title game. So how's that going to go for you when we get to the Rose Bowl? I just, I, I think you got to live on the arm of J.J. McCarthy a little bit. And again, you look at the, the Big Ten title, 22 of 30 for 147 yards, 4.9 per attempt. It's they don't tr- they haven't trusted him to make a lot of big time plays for them. I don't want to make it into it, but the pre Connor Stallions, post Connor Stallions thing is real. Like it's we've seen the numbers on it. They're not in the correct play call, even close to as often as they were before the scandal broke. They're just not. Yeah, and so that's where I look at this game and I find it fascinating because all season I've told you Bama's not. Vintage Bama. Well, Saban apparently heard at me and others saying that. Message for the haters. Did you see him in the locker room at the SEC title? No, I did not. The, he, some, it was some like Kirby says, we're not what we used to be. Well, I don't think that's true. I don't want to see a smile on his face after this game. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. And I just think this zombie Bama, he, for whatever reason, you can't kill him. They just survive in advance. And I'm fascinated to see how it plays out now against a team in Michigan that I called the best team in the country months Mm -hmm. ago. And I've kind of walked back on that because they haven't been super impressive since Connor Stallions for whatever reason. The Penn State game was... Listen, you can say, like, yes, does it look like the Connor Stallions stuff made a difference? Yes. I don't think it changed the result of any single game this year. No, I'm not saying that at all. And I think it is impressive that you did down the stretch, take care of business. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, like, beating Ohio State the way they did was yeah. impressive. Yeah. And surviving in that game, uh, managing to beat Penn State that way, it's just I think the results didn't change, but the way things looked to get to the results was very different. And when you go back and watch the Penn State game and people talk about, well, only eight passes and they ran the ball so well, and I go, dude, they scored, what, 24 points, 26 points, something like that? It's not like they ran the ball and put 40 on you. They ran the ball three yards a carry and punted and played field position and time of possession. The Maryland game got real dicey. And then Ohio State, they did the same thing. Like, yes, did J.J. make some big throws on your defense setting you up, too. I mean, your defense putting points on the boards in those other games that you mentioned and then essentially putting points on the board. When when you get a turnover inside your opponent's 10 – that's basically a defensive touchdown or a defensive score. It's just there was a stretch where Michigan was really effective offensively. And now I feel like they look more – they're a more talented version of what Harbaugh was four years ago. They're mortal. Where Yeah, it was like the Wilton Spate years when, look, the offense isn't going to be great, but the defense is going to be phenomenal, and we're just going to play field position with you, and we'll – eke out we're going to limit the number of possessions and we'll just hang on at the end and win that was the way he always liked to play and it's why when he played a more high octane michigan state or a notre dame or an ohio state especially the results got a little sideways now they i think have more talent i think they're more designed recruiting wise to what they actually want to do i think sharon moore is a fantastic offensive coordinator i like jesse minter on the defensive side like they just they feel more well built, but it feels like it's back to being that same kind of team. And if Bama puts you in a bad spot with a kid who's mobile, something they've always had trouble with, mm-hmm. and throws a killer deep ball, 
I think they can put you to sleep early. Yeah, that's one of the things with Jalen Milrow is the power running of Jalen Milrow has completely changed Bama's offense. I mean, we're, we're seeing games where this guy's running for three touchdowns. And if you get inside the red zone, it feels like it's an automatic six because of the way that he's got the dual threat with his legs. He will run through guys, not outrun guys, but he will run through guys. And the power that he brings to this Bama running attack, um, listen, the, the skill players aren't great, but they've been good enough. Like, we've seen Isaiah Bond step up and make a couple of clutch plays this year. Isaiah Bond is not going to be Calvin Ridley. He is not going to be any of the other great Bama receivers. Julio Same Jones, thing with, uh, Devontae Smith. He's not Jermaine that. Burton. Jermaine Burton's yeah. not Jalen Waddle, but he's a good player. Yeah, and he, he, it just feels like all the puzzle pieces fit with this Bama team, especially over the course of the last, what, eight, nine weeks? Yeah. It's looked great. Well, that's like I've never been a big Kool-Aid McKinstry guy, but he's playing good football. Like the entire defense. Dallas, Dallas Turner is amazing. He's going to go in the top five, seven picks probably. Malachi Moore has looked really good lately, the safety. I just mm-hmm. – you look around what's going on at Alabama, and it feels like I almost root for it, and I never root for Bama. But it feels like Saban knows he has less in the cupboard than he's used to, and he's still getting the most out of it. You know what I do root for? I root for teams where it seems like the coach is willing them to victory. Yes, and that's, that's a great way to say what I was trying to say. That's exactly what I think Nick Saban is doing. This is by – take all the national titles you want. This is the best coaching job. Whether or not Bama finishes the job in the playoff, this is the best coaching job we've seen Saban do at Bama. When you go think about some of the teams he won national titles with, A.J. McCarron was in great shakes. He was a great college quarterback. And you were handing the ball – like you had a clear identity – we're going to hand the ball, whether it was Derrick Henry or whoever. Mark Ingram. You had Julio Jones on the sideline. You, you had, at times, like Devontae Smith was with Mac Jones. And Jalen Waddle. And you just think about these teams and go, golly, they're loaded. And you look at this one, and it's okay. Like, I, none of these guys are first-round picks except Dallas Turner. Like, is there a single offensive player going in the first round? Maybe there's a lineman. There's, there's no first round receivers. There's no first round quarterback. I honestly, it's one of the worst offensive lines they've ever had. So I don't know if there's a lineman going in the first round. I just, I think Saban's done an unbelievable job, and that's why I've, I've kind of been calling them like they should be dead, but they're not. He's just done so well with them, and I think they're probably the best coach team in the country. And yeah. they're going up against Michigan, who might be the second best coach team in the country. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, it, styles make fights a little bit. Like, I'm excited to see how this all plays out. If Michigan can't run the ball on Bama and you got to put it on the arm of McCarthy, got bad news, think you're losing. Yeah. And, like, if, if Bama can't get the run game going on Michigan's defense, if somehow Michigan can contain Milrose mobility, then got bad news, think Bama's losing. So it's just... I'm really fascinated to see which side of it plays out. I the the way I want to see this game play out. I want to see it be Michigan's got the ball last trailing. JJ McCarthy, how good are you? They'll lose. But I want to see how good are you? Cuz maybe you change a lot of minds and if you lead that drive in that moment, the NFL, I mean you you may see yourself rise 10 spots in the draft. The other thing about this game is the theater of it like i i we talked a lot in the first hour about florida state and if it was wrong that they got left out i would not be getting up 
for Michigan, Florida State at the Rose Bowl. Just wouldn't. Michigan, Bama with Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban. Possibly I mean, this is both. Titans everywhere. Possibly both in their swan songs. Ooh. I mean, think about it. Did, Saban at midfield with Kirby. You were right about one thing. I'm too old for this. And then you go to the playoff. Could this be Harbaugh? We know there's a $55 million five-year contract in front of him, but NFL's always been calling, and now especially. So could this be the swan song for one or both of them? And they're in the Rose Bowl in Pasadena to brands, to brand head coaches. I think it's this is what you hope for from college football. This is peak entertainment. Yeah, this is going – this. This will be the most anticipated matchup of the year. I think whether it was playoff or not. Like this trumps what we saw with Michigan, Ohio State. Trumps what we saw with uh, Oregon and Washington. Whether you want to go part one or part two. Like this supersedes all of that. It's it's It just has the biggest feel of, honestly, the biggest feel of, of a game that we've seen in quite some time. Couldn't, like this feels bigger than the SEC championship. I think it is. Couldn't we argue that these are the two biggest brands historically in the sport? Like yeah. if you go back way back, mm-hmm. Michigan and Alabama are the, the, that feels like the two top historical legacy programs. I think the only ones you can make an argument for would be Notre Dame and Texas. Yeah, and it, like the fact that we're getting this game with these stakes because remember we had the kickoff game in Arlington when Michigan played Bama, yeah. and we had with, a bowl uh, game a couple years ago. Too. What's his face? Shoelace Denard Robinson yeah. and Alabama just slaughtered them. Uh-huh. And then the bowl game, I think, was the Gator Bowl or something like yeah. that. Yeah, Bama didn't Orange play like bowl. anyone, and they still beat them. Like, but now we're getting the real thing. Now I feel like we're getting the high stakes, both really good, two elite head coaches. No more Rich Rodriguez or Brady Hoke BS. We're getting the real thing here, like yeah. the genuine article. I'm into it. I think it's going to be awesome. And Okay, so let's get into kind of picking and handicapping this game here. Now – we saw the line open up at two and a half. It's been dancing around everywhere, and I believe it has settled in at two. Last I saw, one me, and a half. I is think it one and a half now? Yeah. All right, one and a half. So it, not really making any sort of meaningful movement in terms of the the gambling market. Yeah, I'm seeing it at one and a half as well. Um, but two, opens two and a half, goes down to one and a half. Seems like there's some Bama money coming in. Seems like, but you want the numbers. What do you got? Yeah. Try 83% of the bets, 87% of the money. Oh, boy. On the Crimson Tide. That scares me. Normally, it scares me, too. Mm -hmm. But, like, again, going back to the football side of things, Michigan's always struggled with mobile quarterbacks. Alabama can stop the run. And if they do stop the run, Michigan's going to look a lot like Georgia did. Would... Do you think the books right now are trying to bait people and say, we're going to leave Bama as a dog? Like, people see Bama with a plus next to their name. Like, that's an auto hit that button. Is that the bait that's hitting in the water right now? I think they might actually be surprised by the way this has come in. Because tradition, and I think a part of it is how much of the public's betting the game early. Traditionally, Michigan is the most public team. Like, the biggest fan base Everybody likes to bet them. They get super public in games like this. You're hanging a short number. 
I think they might be surprised all of the early money is on Bama. But I think that's where you have to ask the question, has the public gotten into it yet? Has the Joe and Joliet opened his account and gone, I'm going to place a bet on Michigan a month before the game? That's fair. I know, like, my roommate, he's already put his bet in. He's like your casual gambler like that. Yeah. He's put his bet in already. And he's a Michigan, or like quasi-Michigan fan because both his siblings. Did he bet there. Michigan? No, he bet Alabama. Yeah, I put my Alabama bet in as well. I haven't put mine in because I don't think the number's meaningful enough to bet it now. I got it at two. I feel okay with a one yeah, and a half. Whatever. Like, yeah, I, I don't guess... think I'm going to be losing. My, my perspective, like I've bet the Washington-Texas game. I have not bet the Bama and uh, Bama and Michigan game because I don't think Whatever I play now, it's not going to change enough for me to to kick myself by between now and New Year's Day. Yeah, I think you're just waiting on news right now. And I, yeah. I mentioned the cap and hoodie. The lines on these aren't going to move a lot. The markets are enormous. These yeah. are the most bet on games of the year in college football. Mm-hmm. It's like the Super Bowl. You Every, don't see a lot of line movement. Yeah. A- after it opens, there's like a what? 30-minute window where it maybe goes nuts, and then after that, it settles. Do you remember LSU-Clemson a few years ago? Yes. I think LSU opened two and a half, and before you could blink, it was five. That was the one time I remember, like, they they hung a bad line, Mm -hmm. and it got beat. Yeah. It got double beat. Like, Well, yeah, because LSU (laughs) won by a million. Yeah. Yeah, so I I don't know. I think I'm going to bet on Alabama. I like Bama in the matchup. Well, you matchup. said you already, you already bet it. I did bet on it. <laughs> and matter of fact, I quad-bombed him. Oh! Uh, I'm betting Alabama in the game. A Shea quad-bomb. What, what is your record in the quad-bombs or octo-bombs? I or think two and two. I have to bombs or whatever you I got. have to do some accounting, but I think I'm two and two in the quad-bombs. Okay. Um, yeah, I got to – I just – I like Alabama in the matchup. I like the way that they match up against Michigan. I do, too. Like, I, I'm with you. I will be betting Alabama. I just don't know if I need to get in on it now. Imagine if Ohio State had Jalen Milrow instead of Kyle McCord. Cool. They would have won the game. They would won the game. They would have won by, like, three touchdowns. So, well, like, that and also had an aggressive coach. Yeah, I, he doesn't even a, have to be a good coach. has to be an aggressive coach. If that team had Brandon Staley, they win that game. That's a part of what I'm factoring in is, like, Ohio State went to their house with a loser who tucked his tail between his legs and they still almost beat Michigan. Mm-hmm. Now you got to go to a neutral site against the greatest coach who ever lived. Yeah. With his team playing the best football of the year. And they were aggressive in that SEC championship too. We'll see what happens. So, all right, when we come back, we'll get into the other matchup, Texas and Washington. We'll dive into that when we come back here on Chicago's College Tailgate. Shay and Tyler. Tyler. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on the ESPN Chicago. Chicago's College Tailgate. Now back to the show with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. We'll do our picks roulette coming up in a little bit. Potts is going to spin a wheel on any random bowl game. Anything can come up. We could get the best matchup. We could get Florida State, Georgia. It's a big wheel. wheel. How How many slices on that wheel? I think we got 40. Ooh. Holy! I don't know if this We're is going to give sign. him carpal tunnel. I don't know if this is a sign that we're doing good radio or that we are woefully unprepared for the bowls. But either way, probably true, because there's too many bowl games. Yes. And if you thought I was going to go through and pick the cream of the crop for us to pick in the in our weekly pick segment, you're out of your mind. So how many are we going to take? 
Well, we'll, we'll figure that out later. We'll do 10 or something. Let's know. get to Washington and Texas. This is the 2-3 matchup. The Big 12 champion and the Pac-12 champion. We're back. Texas is in. Good for Texas. You know what? Texas is back, folks. Texas is so back. It feels like this is the beginning of a sustained run here. Potsy's given us horns down in there. F you. Uh, I know, like... It's been said for a while about a lot of teams. College football is better when USC is good. College football is better when Texas is. College football is better when Texas is good. Yeah. Texas being good is cool. And the fact that they got their bleep together just in time to move to the SEC. By the way, we got to talk about the fans at the uh, Big 12 title game. When the Big 12 commissioner is on stage booing him so loud he couldn't start his speech <laughs> the te- could because in the past he had crushed texas for leaving the big 12 the texas fans are killing this poor guy and then he's going all right all right i take it as a sign of love settle down settle calm down all right all right and then they start chanting sec it was <laughs> unbelievable texas is so effing back i'm all in on it I love to see it. They've got ready and waiting Arch Manning. Mm-hmm. It just it feels like they're they're back. And it's cool. You know what's interesting is we always talk about who is QBU. It feels like they could be building a little bit of something here. Like if Ewers goes out, has success in the NFL, then you segue into Arch. And if Arch goes on to I mean he doesn't even have to have success in the NFL. He just has to still be have his last name be Manning. And then you get the next guy. Like They could be building something here quarterback-wise. Texas is the new Bama. Winning games in Tuscaloosa. SEC. And churning out quarterbacks. Texas is the mm-hmm. new Bama. Watch out. Dude, I, I, I'm just... I've watched a lot of Texas football this year. I've watched a lot of Washington football this year. And Texas especially, like... I know some of the scores haven't been pretty. There have been times where they've looked real sleepy. The Houston game, God, that really sticks out. Up, what, 21 nothing, and then you ended up in a knife fight? Uh, but I just, it, they've been fun to watch. They're one of those classic brands when you turn on the TV, you know you're watching Texas football. You know what it reminds me of a little bit? It reminds me a little of the Eagles last year, where the Eagles... Like, it was the second quarter Eagles, right? Yeah. They were just bombing teams yep. in that second quarter. And then in the second half, they stunk. But then they were, yeah, they were sleepy otherwise. And that's kind of what Texas has been. Like, they'll put up some big numbers. And I know the last two weeks probably are an exception to that rule when you're going up and putting 50 burgers on teams. But for the majority of the season, it was like, oh, this team's sleepy in the first, or this team's sleepy in the third and fourth, or this team's sleepy in the second. But there's this one moment, this one quarter where they just rock teams or this like 10 minute stretch where they crush teams and just kind of take them by the neck there and just say, all right, let's see if you've got anything left in you the rest of the game and teams creep back into the game. I just wonder if you can do that outside of the big 12. I wonder, doesn't it feel like even the Bama game, they just went ballistic in the fourth quarter. Well, that was awesome too. Like the Quinn Ewers deep ball. I mean, that was just that, that game sticks out as one of my favorite that I watched this year. Mm -hmm. Um, don't they feel a little like the wolf in sheep's clothing? Like where, okay, they beat Bama. Then they had the Oklahoma loss. 
and injuries started to pile up, right? Like they weren't super healthy. The Quinn Ewers mm-hmm. thing happened. Maybe they're just powering down, knowing they can win these games kind of tight and just survive. And that's a scary way to deal with things because then when Quinn Ewers comes back and they needed style points, boy, did they get them. You Like the 57, whatever, uh, Texas Tech and the absolute annihilation of Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title game. When they knew they needed it, it was pedal to the metal. And I wonder if that's also indicative of who they are. I just, um, I think they're more paper tiger. I think it's more, you played nobody this year outside of that Bama game. Like, even the Oklahoma game, look how Oklahoma was the rest of the You didn't even get a second run at them in the the Big 12 championship. Like, isn't that saying something? When they beat you earlier and they didn't even get back to the Big 12 championship? You would have thought after that game they were the what runaway happened favorite. to them? I don't know. It's like, really like they And were, you want to know the curious part of it all? Why is Dylan Gabriel transferring? I don't know. Like, I'm wondering if something happened there. Why is Dylan Gabriel transferring? I, I don't know. It feels a little like the Sam Hartman. I'm either going to go pro or get a bag someplace. Let's just figure out what happens. But he's but not going pro. That one, it stood out as being well neither was Sam Hartman it just that one stood out as being odd to me and you think about Oklahoma when they beat Texas undefeated felt like they were the favorite to win the big 12 felt like collision course with Texas to get back to that game Venables finally has everything working and then they look terrible I think against UCF and then they lost a few, and it's just like what happened you beat Texas, but then your offense fell off a cliff. Yeah. And I just, so I don't know. That one is intriguing. I just think the Big 12 isn't very good. That's true. And maybe that's why we're seeing some of these big time performances. But here. I can't get Texas beating Bama out of my head. A week two result they is really went what you're hanging to on Tuscaloosa to. Here. And Listen, I'm not downgrading them. the win, but I'm not using week two of the season to. To formulate my opinion on a team, it so like Washington beating Oregon twice is more impressive. Yes, than Texas going to Tuscaloosa. Yes, because that's one game week two. I mean, look who look and what was, that look what that Bama team was early in the season, and how highly we thought of Ale- or of Oregon yeah. all year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay, uh, where are you at with the game then? So the line last I saw was four. Yep. I I bet Washington a four and a half. Like, that's a lot of points for a team that I think is number one in the entire nation right now. They are, I, I may have brought this up before, and even after the last Oregon game, they are ranked by the same, same analytic matrix. My God. Somebody fix my mouth. The same analytic metric that, ranked TCU as the luckiest team in football last year Mm -hmm. as Washington ranked as the luckiest team in football this year. And I just get concerned when I see something like that. Are they surviving a lot on a a weirdly shaped ball bouncing the correct direction and they're just getting through these knife edge results? But like, where's the luck? You want to point to the Oregon game the first time. All right. Yeah, that's luck. There's even if they do kick that field, goal, there's still a chance you go out and win the football game. Like, sure, every season's got luck in it, especially ones that end in national championship. I think the Oregon State game sticks out the most. But if you want to say weather, well, Washington had to play in the same weather. But not weather. I mean, there was also there were so many fumbles. I think largely due to weather. 
the what was, yeah, but you get the point. Like there were so many fumbles that happened that would have, like if if you run back the win probability of the game based on yards gained, turnovers, all of those things, Washington sits at twenty nine percent. And you go, okay, the result's the only thing that matters. But when you're winning games that you would lose 29 out of 100 times, I wonder how it's going to be when you go neutral site against Texas. Is life going to get a little bit more real? Or is Texas kind of pimped and you already survived the better version of them in Oregon? I think you've survived the better version of them not once but twice now. And you look at – that's the thing about – why, whether it was Washington or Oregon, whoever won the Pac-12, the Pac-12 champion, I think, was going to be geared for the college football playoff extremely well because you've been asked to win every single type of game imaginable. You've been asked to win a shootout yeah. against UFC, USC. You've been asked to beat the complete team, Oregon. You've been asked to beat a team that's great on defense a couple of times, whether it was Oregon State, whether it was Utah, and maybe shaky offenses. You've been asked to win rock fights. You've been asked to beat just super talented teams you've been asked to beat teams with a ton of nfl players on them like if oregon had beaten washington you've been asked to beat uh, a team in a shootout rock fight whatever you've you've beaten them all you've had every single test you've been battle tested to the best degree and that's why i feel like washington as an underdog especially north of a field goal feels disrespectful i don't hate it i would bet texas under three if i can get it there um I don't know. I just Washington doesn't have the double-digit standout wins where I go, oh, you really dominated somebody. And Texas has a few of them. And one of them's against Alabama. So that's where I'm like, I kind of lean Texas here. I th- one, I feel like Texas is legit on both sides of the ball. I know they played tougher competition in the Big 12, but couldn't you also argue the floor of the Pac-12 is much worse than the middle of the Big 12? Like, you think about Stanford. Sure, but you look at... Texas hasn't seen a defense as bad as Stanford or USC all season. But the... Well, maybe. I mean, you look at all of those teams in the... Like, the Big 12 doesn't play defense. That's a myth. That's a myth. They don't tackle. It's a myth. (laughs) No, USC doesn't tackle. The Pac-12 doesn't tackle. Well, that's one team. Um, Stanford? I just look at the gauntlet that this team played down the stretch. I didn't think they'd get through undefeated. Uh, Who? Washington? Washington. I yeah, I was think, surprised they beat uh, Oregon State. But they State. went boom, boom, boom. I mean, they took care of business against everyone. You Oregon know, State is, um, is impressive in the sense that everything went against you and you were a dog in the game on the road in Corvallis and you still won. Mm-hmm. There's, an, there's an impressiveness in that. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like when they've needed to make a big play this year, they have. Whether it's on offense, whether it's on defense, they've found a way. And I don't think, like Michael Penix... He has not been the same quarterback since the first Oregon game. The first Oregon game is the last time I looked at Michael Penix and was like, damn, that guy is a legit Heisman dude, right? But then he takes the big shot there. Maybe injuries have impacted him the rest of the way. I'll adjust in Herbert what we saw with him with the, the Chargers last season. But that's no excuse. But I think he's gotten a lot of help from some of his friends on offense, and they've got some good ones. Dylan Mitchell in the back, or yeah, Dylan Mitchell in the backfield. Fantastic. Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, like all those guys that he has at his disposal on the outside, unbelievable. And I think that there's just too many weapons on this team right now. And the quarterback, even though he's not playing at his Heisman level that he was the first six, eight games of the year, is playing still at a pretty high level. That's fair. I like Quinn Ewers a lot. You've been the Quinn Ewers. You've been like. He's been really good since he came back. 
Yeah. You got Xavier Worthy. I mean, they've got weapons too. It's mm-hmm. this is it might be an over game. It's might a big be a number. game isn't where it, I want to like see some points get scored. And you put it in ideal conditions. Sixty four and a half. Yeah. In the sugar bowl. Might be an overspot. Yeah. <laughs> Fast track for the boys. I'm really excited to watch this because it's two super high level offenses operating against two defenses that I don't really know about. Washington's defense, I don't think is very good. You know what? Do you know? All right. We're going to do a little uh, visual memes here or verbal memes here. All right. You know what this game reminds me of? Do you know the meme where it's the two guys sitting in the train and one guy's looking out into like the vast, like like very happiness and the other guy's looking into Into like a rainstorm, the mountain. Yeah. Yeah, Like Bama, George or uh, Bama, Michigan is like the, the darkness of that. And then I feel like this is like the sunshine and rainbows. And it's like, NBA, like, I always see this with the, the NBA. It's, like, guys who watch the game or, like, guys who, like, dive into the analytics and then that boy nice watchers. Like, yes, <laughs> this game is that boy nice. Like, I, that's what this is. And that's what I've decided to be in this game. I watch Quinn Ewers. I go, that boy nice. Yeah. And I'm going to watch the game with a <laughs> smile Dunes, on my face. That boy nice. Exactly. Like Xavier Worthy, great kid, good mm-hmm. player. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. Like, that's how I feel like we're looking at these two playoff matchups here. Yeah, because on the Michigan side, really, it was like a kind of deep dive. And now on this side, I'm just like, yeah, Texas is back and they're effing cool. Let's yeah. go. Both of, these teams can up. Light, both of these teams can light up a scoreboard. Like, it'll be fun. Hook them. We're playing on turf. Like, let's go. Yeah, I'm into it. All right. Um, so, yeah, I think, th- I think this this won't be as dramatic, but more entertaining. Sweatshirt bet game. V2? Ooh, we could. We could. I'll take you up on that. All right. Straight I'm, up or points? What do you want to do here? No, no straight up? Okay. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll take, take Texas. I'll take you up on that. I actually, here, there's our, our handshake there. I actually, I did, I've gotten screwed because I took it before Bama was announced into the playoff. I took Washington to win the playoff at 5-1. to one. But then Bama got put into the fold, and now they're 8-1, to one, and I got screwed. Oh, that is brutal. So... Is Bama? Bama can't be the favorite. It's got to be Michigan and Bama at the top. I also I think, no. I think Texas is. I have to top. tell you, Texas is the biggest favorite to get to the 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 Bama game. Texas, the Bama Texas rematch. Oh, that would be. Is you, something I need. I will say, there's no bad matchups. There's no, no bad. They're matchups. all good. They're all entertaining, and that's what you that's what you want. Out of run the matrix. You're getting a good game. Yeah, no doubt. All right, when we come back, we're going to run through the wheel. And Justin Pottinger is going to give us bowl games galore to pick from. That's coming up next. This is Chicago's College Tailgate. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Now back to the show. Chicago's College Tailgate has it all with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. Let's do a little bowl roulette. We've got our wheel here. We've got Dr. J, Justin Pottinger with us as well. He's got a wheel that's got 40 different bowl games on. He's going to spin it, and we're going to figure out what game we are picking from here. As we've got plenty to go through. So, Dr. J, what do you have here? Are you going to spin the wheel for us? 
I'm gonna spin the wheel for you guys. Oh baby, let's go. We got we got a lot of lot of options here. I think we're only gonna do like eight of these, right? Eight, ten of these. So we'll, we'll go through them. All right. First spin. First spin. This is a real like operation for him. Real right? operation. He's got an actual wheel. Here we yeah. go. Auburn minus two and a half versus Maryland. Oh boy. Oh, dear God. Um, starting off with a bang. We don't know what we're getting. Every single bowl game is in here right now. People, this is just a showcase of how disastrous these bowl games are. You're telling me somebody put a number on Auburn, Maryland. Is Peyton Thorne going to play for Auburn? I have That's no earthly idea. Is Talia Tagovailoa going to play for Maryland? I don't know. I'm going to go with Mike Loxley's Terps. Auburn sucks. I'm with you. I, we've been we've been parading Maryland all year long. Like, why not? Just one more. One more time. I'll go Maryland as well. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Clean sweep. Number two. There we go. Yeah. There's the wheel. Here we go. Oregon minus 16 versus Liberty. Oregon minus 16. Oh, this is a game. Oregon laying 16 against Liberty. This is how checked out of the bowl matchups I am. I didn't even know that this was a matchup. Oregon's playing Liberty. That's the best you could do for him. Bo Nix is not going to play. No. I have a hard time believing Bucky Irving is going to play. Troy Franklin, is he going to play? Troy Franklin got hurt in the Pac-12 title game. He ain't playing. Liberty's just going to actually care. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Liberty. I, I'm with you here. And listen, maybe there's a Dan Lanning factor here. He doesn't give a... He's going to swear. He does not care. He cares about everything. He's dude. Mike Tomlin in the post game. We do not care. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Ducks I'm here. still, I'm still rolling with Liberty here, but I'm going, I'm going Ducks here. Going it's, ducks. it's a lot of points, but we're gonna go with it. All right, move, move, moving on. Here. I don't, I don't like how long. UCLA minus go. two versus power. Boise State. UCLA laying two against Boise State. Here's another one. No QB. UCLA's quarterback, Dante Moore, is in the transfer portal. The other one, Ethan Garbers, I don't know if he's going to play. Chip Kelly, I guess, is still there. They didn't fire him yet. I haven't seen he's been fired yet. I don't know who UCLA has. Boise State's There's coming There's no off. way Latu Latu's playing. Boise State got to this game by winning a conference title. 7-5. and five. They go win the Mountain West 8-5 and five team. They're playing high and happy. I'll go with the dogs. Yeah. The Boise State Broncos. You're gonna make a lot of money in bowl season just strictly betting dog money. Yeah, I think and so. This is one of those games. I You're... think yeah, this is definitely one of those games. I'm going dog here as well in this game, guys. Another, right. another, another Let's dog. go, Potsy. Another dog. Dogs barking. Dogs are barking. All right, guys. The wheel has chosen here. It's Miami minus two versus Rutgers. Excuse me. These should be illegal. The Who Cares Bowl of the Year. An old Big East battle. God, is Gavin Wimsat going out on a strong point for Rutgers? I don't care. Miami's favored by two. Miami's favored by two. F them, Rutgers. <laughs> Miami's been a joke this year. Yeah, I'm, but they're I'll just so pathetic. They're ACC A and M. I'm gonna right. go. I'm gonna go Miami. They won me money what two weeks ago. I'll, I'll go the U here. Oh, good. You're game. one of the only ones who won money off that rat team. <laughs> there, we go. there we go. All right. Next spin here. Virginia Tech. 
Minus seven and huh. a half versus Tulane. The hope. What? Whoa! What do oh. I, what don't I know about this? <laughs> Excuse year? me. Let's ride a that, green wave. Hold on a moment. That line blew my hair back to such an extent. I'm going with Virginia Tech. Something's up. Really? I don't know. I don't know what it is. But when you said Virginia Tech minus seven and a half, I'm like, oh, they got to be playing some bottom of the barrel rat. Tulane. All right, I'll a land the seven team? and a half. I'm going Tulane here. I don't. Th- something's up, but I don't care. I'll take Tulane. I'm riding the green wave. I'll go Tulane as well. Yeah. I'll ride it. It's, it's too many points. It's, it's a weird line, though. Definitely a weird one. All right. Next game here. What does the wheel say? Texas Tech minus three versus Cal. What do I know about these two teams? I know Texas Tech's quarterback is a 45-year-old man with seven kids, and he's entering the transfer portal so that he can play another year of college football. That should be illegal. For that reason, Cal. Yep, I'm with you. I like Cal. Cal's scrappy all year long. I'll go Cal as well. Let's let's make it a clean. We're sweep. in alignment on a lot. Of I like it. I like I like when we're all on the same page. I don't think I've I taken a it. single favorite yet. Oh boys! Oh boys! Oh boys! Michigan minus one and a half versus Alabama. Oh, we got a biggins. Roll damn tide! Let's go, Abdallah. Keep your points. Roll tide. I said I wasn't gonna pick this game until. We got close to the game so time. Far away from this game. We're still a month out, but roll tide. Oh boy, oh boy. I think I'm going Alabama. I just don't see Michigan winning this game. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm I'm with Abdallah here as well. So how fortunate we got a game to care about in this. Alabama Bull roulette. Need need that. Need that. All right, guys. Need that. <laughs> what does the wheel have for us? The wheels picking. Oh, Aki. Oh, Aki. Syracuse, minus three and a half for South Florida. Boca Raton Bowl. I was given this note from Jordan Sherwood, our our friend over in sales. This is the first time the Boca Bowl has ever had a Power 5 team. Oh, wow. Well, you know what? That Power 5 team doesn't want to embarrass itself with the prestige. What's the line? What's the number? Three and a half. For who? Syracuse. (laughs) He's not confident. Is what's-his-face straighter? Is he going to play? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm in. He should. Cuse. I'm on Cuse, too. Damn it. Go I Orange. Have, now I have to take You him. have to, Aki. All right, we got time for one more. One more. One more. Make it a good one. Oh, it's a perfect one. Kansas minus 12 and a half <laughs> versus UNLV. Dude, the wheel has spoken. There was 30 teams left in this, and KU was the pick. KU so minus 12 and a half versus UNLV. That's fantastic. Is is JD going to play? Why? Is Make he not that whole statement. statement? I don't know, man. I did plan, plan for Bean. Plan for Bean. I'll play Kansas. UNLV got their heart ripped out in the mid um, Mountain West title game. Boise State ended the dream. I'll go with Kansas. It's our Super Bowl. Our Super Bowl was versus Kansas State. Twelve and a half. Ugh. Okay, what happened? <laughs> I'm going I'm to take UNLV. You said your Super Bowl was Kansas State. What happened? It was. How'd yeah, it go? We didn't win the Super Bowl. No, Sorry, we, Potsy. We UNLV. Yeah, that, that's 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 a ton that's not of points. that's mean. That's Twelve and mean. a half, two touchdowns. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of points. I'm gonna go Jayhawks. So I got it right. Yeah, we'll, we'll of win course. By fourteen. Okay. All right, Jayhawks for me. Good luck to you. All right, those are the picks on Bowl Roulette. Thank you, Potsy. We'll wrap the show when we come back at Chicago's College Tailgate. Shay and Tyler. Tyler. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. 
Chicago's college tailgate has it all. Now back to the show with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. Do you support the troops? I support the troops, Jay. Oh, yeah? How much? Are you going to watch Army, Navy and what is a brilliant college basketball day? No. You're going to, oh, Mr. I support the troops. And then the truth comes out. I will probably not. No triple not. option no, football I, for you, huh? They may, they may be TV three. Too good for it. Bill Belichick, the guest picker on game day today. What to pick one game. <laughs> I, why even have game day? Maybe you don't support the troops then. Do you support the troops? I, you know what? I don't believe that this game needs to have the stage that it gets. I think. Why not? Who cares? I think society is. I want football. I want football. You are. You're not going to watch. It'll be TV three. That's fine. Oh, come on. No, it won't. You're going to have some other college basketball game on. No, I won't. Uh, I'll, I'll find, I'll find some space for TV three. Here's what you do. This is how you gain intrigue in army Navy. You do what God intended and bet the service Academy under. It didn't hit last year. On, like, something dumb, wasn't it? I don't recall. I'm almost positive. I remember I was watching this game at, I think, Billy Goat on uh, on my way to the Bulls game that day, and I'm almost positive something stupid happened late in the game, and it did not go under. It went over for, like, the first time in a long-ass time, too. So maybe we're getting back on the under train here. What's the number on this one? Uh, Army won last year 20 to 17. Oh, was it? It, w- it was like a ridiculous run. I think it was 17 14, and it was going under. And yes. the Army had some crazy run to win the game. Yes. 17 mm-hmm. 13 or whatever. Yes. Like a that 90 yard right. touchdown, just yeah. some ridiculous play. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what happened. Yeah. No, but I, you know, I always bet the under in the service academy. And you're, you usually win. But Yeah. Do you remember? Uh, what, what, I think it was Air Force Army this year, and Army goes up like 20 to nothing, and the total was 28 and a half, something like that, 31 and a half maybe, and I'm going, oh, my God, this is going to – it was the first quarter there were 20 points, <laughs> and there were six points scored the rest of the game. It cruised. <laughs> it was incredible. If we can't bet Iowa unders this weekend, why not bet a service academy under? Yeah, it went so well with Patriot Steelers the other night. Jeez, yeah. Even though that almost hit, too. There were almost no points in the second half. Are we going under in Iowa's bowl game? I don't even know what it is. I haven't even looked. They're pl- who are they playing? They're playing someone notable, aren't they? Who cares? Let's see. But it's uh, it's something where it's like, oh, should I play it? That's what it was against Michigan, and it hit. That's true. Iowa, Tennessee, over under 36 and a half. Ooh, that's an easy under. Tennessee, under. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because all they can ride. do is run the football, and Iowa's not going to let them. I think eleven and two to the under this year. Eleven and two. They're incredible. It's insane. Um, real quick, we've got the Heisman ceremony tonight. I know this tugs at your at your heartstrings because of your Bo Nix that crumpled through your fingertips here. Yeah, but thank you. I do have to say, this is one of the better four in the room in New York that we've had in a while. Yeah, I th- I think so. I mean, a couple years like ago, all three of the 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 top guys there, and then plus Marvin Harrison, who just kind of surged late. Who, if there was like, uh, he probably wouldn't win an offensive player of the year award. Still, probably would have been Jaden Daniels. Actually, Jaden Daniels did win AP offensive player of the year. Um, but yeah, this it's a great room, the four of them. Remember a couple years ago when Aiden Hutchinson got the invite? Yeah, and it was it, why even give the here? invite? Yeah, yeah. This is this feels like. Do you think anyone other than Jaden Daniels could win it? Like, is there an upset situation where Penix wins? 
I don't think so. I don't either. All right, that's going to do it for us for Chicago's College Tailgate. We'll talk to you the Saturday before the playoffs.